audible, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gon' be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, band of 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up today. You heard? <laughs> hey Jay, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything Is Possible, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the legend, the god himself. Jay King, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic. And Jay, we just sat through what I'm going to call an awful basketball game. It was poorly played on both ends of the court, uh, but the Celtics put together a 10-0 run in the final basically two minutes of this game to win 102-94. Marcus Smart shockingly had an amazing plays, impacting winning. And Kemba Walker probably had his best playoff moment um, of his career, dating back to his like uh, NCAA days. But he knocked down a big shot at the end. He was probably the Celtics' best offensive player. But otherwise, it was an ugly, ugly basketball game in which the Sixers shot under 30% from the field. Uh, and somehow this game was still close. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from what, what I'm going to call a dog shit basketball game? <laughs> it, was, it really was an ugly game. Uh, the Sixers just have such a tough time scoring. And and they they went back to Al Horford in the starting lineup, which was kind of, I thought, a weird move. They already decided that wasn't going to work out. They switched to Thibel in game two, but then Thibel got worked over, I guess, and they decided they might as well go back to what they thought couldn't work. Are you going to start Alec Burks at this point, or like what's the pivot after you try Tybal and it doesn't work? Yeah, there's there's not much pivot. I actually thought the Sixers they played tough and and they finally used their size well. Like Tobias Harris crashed the glass a ton. They had a ton of offensive rebounds. Embiid was grifting to get to the foul line toward toward the end of the game. There was a stretch. I didn't even really feel like he was trying to make moves to the basket. He was just really looking for a whistle. No, and it and, caught him, bit him in the ass in the end because he ended up turning the ball over. That was that was such a tough turnover. He had a really really good game, and then threw that turnover right at the end. But it was because he wasn't going straight up. It was for a while there. He's basically it was, the entire Sixers offense was let's give the ball to Embiid, and he's going to act like he's shooting the ball as soon as he gets bumped. And it worked there for a while. Just on that last play, after Tice had already fouled out, Cantor did a good job of like moving his feet. Cantor did a good job of moving his feet. I just said that. Let me uh, reemphasize that. And Embiid uh, just kind of threw the ball away, got it stripped by Tatum. But you're right. The, the physicality and the size of the Sixers came out tonight. It feels like they were playing pretty hard. The Celtics had opportunity after opportunity to kind of pull away in this game. 
especially when Embiid picked up his fourth foul uh, and he went to the bench in the third uh, third quarter. The Celtics just really couldn't pull away. It didn't seem like they were playing great basketball, but um, they managed to stay close just because the Sixers didn't have a like they just don't have good offense. Their entire offense was uh, basically give it down to Embiid and then maybe. Shake Milton will hit the three, or maybe Josh Richardson will hit the three. But like even with Tobias Harris playing, I think his best game of the series, they still really couldn't do much. Uh, and it came down to close plays at the end. And when it comes down to close plays, it's good to have Marcus Smart on her team, who um, basically was managed on that the biggest play of the game. Man, he was the Tatum doubled Embiid. He was guarding Al Horford on the kind of low block, and then managed to get off of him intercept the pass, throw it to Jalen Brown all in one motion, and then Jalen got the and one. Um, Marcus Smart was getting his ass kicked tonight. In the first half, he must have gotten yeah, – he, 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 I thought he got injured like five different times. He hurt his back. I thought he hurt, he hurt his leg at one point, his thigh. It was just a classic Marcus Smart get hit all the time type of performance. He got hit in the, the balls, if I recall. A couple guys got hit in the balls. It was a real – Real ball breaking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought everything kind of went wrong for the Celtics. Like Tatum picked up his third foul in the first quarter and only played eight minutes in the first half. Did not play in the second quarter whatsoever. Did not play one minute, and the Sixers were not able to pull ahead. And then when even when he came back, he was not good. The floater that we declared he was like in his bag earlier just was not falling tonight. Uh, and then I thought it led him to kind of taking some bad shots. Uh, he just wasn't good. They really only stayed afloat because Kemba had a nice little run in the uh, third quarter, and then they just kind of scrounged together some offense uh, late. I thought Jalen Brown had a pretty bad game offensively as well. He was trying some things. It looks like he was trying for contact. Basically, the whole second half was just both teams trying to draw fouls from uh, the other team. Jalen Brown had another Brilliant acting performance, drew three fouls on Al Horford. That was but, a bad call. Al was, Al was heated, and I don't blame him. That that was a bad call. But, yeah, like, so much went wrong. They only hit – the Celtics only hit eight threes. Tatum, like I said, only eight minutes in the first half. Um, they, they fouled a ton. Like, they just repeatedly fouled the 76ers. Tice will never get – a call no matter what with the the poor guy i mean they went to the video and the video <laughs> showed him getting elbowed in the back and still he could not get a call his back folded like a chair and like you can see it in slow motion just like folding over after getting just a hard elbow and they went to the video and of course they're not going to call that but i mean was this Okay, the, the 76ers clearly made it like an emphasis of crashing the offensive boards. You could see Tobias Harris do that. But, like, was this that much more physical of a game or was this just a Scott Foster game? Because it, it like, I really don't like blaming the refs, but I also really like making fun of Scott Foster. So it's a kind of a push-pull here thing for me. But it didn't seem like that different of a game uh, in terms of like the physicality, it just feels like uh, they were going for it more. Jay's uh, wearing his Brandeis jersey. I had to show the Brandeis jersey. Show show love to to my brothers, Terrell Hollins and Kenny Small. Shout out to uh, Kenny and TJ, who, who, who both both made the Elite Eight twice at Brandeis. Um, but yeah, the 
I, was it a physical game or was it Scott Foster? I thought it was bad defense on the Celtics, like bad defensive technique a lot of the time on the Celtics. Like Grant Williams a couple of times was like close to being straight up, but kind of put his put his arms down a little bit, got, got a foul. Tice on Embiid, like touched his elbow a couple of times. And they were softer side fouls, but also they were fouls. And so I, I thought it was I thought it was more like technique stuff from the Celtics that they were just like a, a little bit off more than bad refing. I think we're gonna embrace nuance here and say it's both. Uh because there's definitely times where they absolutely fouled them. And then I think there's like playoff basketball where it's like in the NFL, you can call holding on every play. Uh you can probably there's enough contact with the intensity of playoff basketball that you can blow the whistle a lot. And I think Scott Foster, that pickleball playing MFer, likes to hear the sound of his own whistle. And it's just like, it's, it's what? It's been a decade of this at this point. Like, it's not a coincidence. There are, there's like Grant, you're right. The, the situations you brought up where he clearly brought his arms down, Tice, uh, at least four of his fouls were legit. Um, I don't know if about five and six of them, but like he did, it's, Joel Embiid is a, a massive human being, and so you're going to foul him a lot. But it just really made for a, a slow kind of plodding basketball game where teams were looking for – both teams were kind of looking for contact, and neither team had anything really going offensively save for, I think, Kemba Walker had a nice stretch in the third quarter, and then, you know, the Celtics just kind of really ramped things up. Uh, that was Kemba's best game in a long time, probably since, like, January. I bet his knee was feeling better than it's felt at all at any point in the bubble. He didn't. He didn't say that again. But because <laughs> he I, wasn't asked about it, <laughs> I bet it was. He he sped by guys. He he was creating a ton of separation. That step back he hit over Al Horford to basically seal the game. That was classic vintage Kemba Walker. Just created a shit ton of separation. Had as much room as he wanted because he knew Horford just couldn't stick stick with him. I, I thought that's the best he's played, and he he played defense too. That, his his intensity on the defensive end was crazy. Like yeah, he's diving for uh, balls in the first quarter, and then screaming about the ball going off the Sixers. And he just he he came to play tonight. He played so hard tonight that we got a Jay King question in the scrum on the Zoom call, which is a rare rare moment. <laughs> zoom questions are tough joey angus has decided that scott foster has a hot wife who likes the celtics so he hates them <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast right now we are reading reader comments from our live live video podcast experience that we do after every game they show up to you in your podcast inbox spotify apple the day after um Jay, you're just being modest because I got I put the I shown the light on you. You just you want to talk about the players, but I was talking about you asking a question in the Zoom call. What did you ask Kemba Walker about? Uh, I I don't want to spoil the question for you. You're the one who was brave enough to ask it. <laughs> I asked Kemba Walker um, what he missed about the playoffs, basically over the three years that he spent missing the playoffs year after year. Obviously this is his return to the postseason. The first time he's ever been on a good team. He said uh, as much though. He's like, I've never been up three Oh and he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. He, he's never been out of the first round. He's never been up three Oh. Um, I wonder what type of effort the 76ers will give in game four. They've got to think now 
let's get the hell out of the bubble. Let's get home. By the way, the 76ers did not have a single player on their roster who shot better than 35% in that game. That is insane. That is not at all surprising. That's also like includes but, but it's Joel also Embiid. insane. And Embiid, it was another game. Like he kind of faded in the second half. It, it, he hasn't been able to keep it up past like every first quarter. He's awesome. Every second quarter, he's really good. And then it just kind of fades away. He hasn't been able to, whether it's shape or the Celtics do a better job on him later, he just hasn't been able to sustain it the whole time through. Um, I think, th- I think conditioning definitely has a lot to do with that. But. And it's like, it's basically all on him, though. There's just no other guy. If you look at the shot profile, like, I mean, Al Horford only took five shots. That's just not surprising given what we know about kind of Al and how you use him. They're not going to go to Horford post-ups, but like Tobias Harris had 19 shots. Josh Richardson had 17. Shake Milton had 18. And then there's basically just no help from the bench. It's all on Joel Embiid. And I thought like he pretty much turned in He's been pretty consistent in terms of his performance these three games. The think the big difference in this game um, was that the Celtics offense just was not great. Do you think how much of that do you think was Tatum not being in like a rhythm because of the three fouls? Or was it something the Sixers did to adjust? I know they like didn't drop as much in their pick and roll coverage and Embiid was up a little bit more. But was that enough just to kind of change kind of the Celtics offensive flow? I didn't think it made too, too much of a difference. Obviously, Tatum didn't get some of the same looks. And even if he did get some of the same looks, he wasn't going to go 8 for 12 again, probably. He hit a ton of, like, step-back threes and off-the-dribble threes in, in game two. He didn't get as many of those. I thought part of it was he did get out of rhythm. They didn't feed him because of that. And then the other part, like you said, the, the floater game wasn't going the – that little mid-range game that that he's used so well during throughout the bubble experience, he kind of went dry for him, and he kind of had to to work through some struggles. He, he made some great defensive plays down the stretch, though, and and that's the thing. Like even when he gives you a pretty mediocre game, pretty bad game by his standards, fifteen points on six for nineteen shooting, he can still make make some big plays down the stretch. As, as he did in this one. Um, and he can do it at both ends of the court. The the bench was not as good. Um, I thought Brad Wanamaker was pretty good. Huge pull-up three again. Another Brad Wanamaker pull-up three coming around to pick and roll. I love to see it. Yeah, I, I thought he, he's pretty good. His defense has been pretty impressive in this, in this series. Um, and they even tried to exploit him tonight. It felt like they were trying to get switched, like uh, Harris switched on to him in the post, which just really didn't work. It felt like Harris had his best game in terms of like attacking the glass, but it's still not something he was able to like take advantage of in the post and get a lot of points that way. It was mostly just offensive rebounds. It was kind of wild how many offensive rebounds the Sixers got. with, And then I think the Celtics still doubled them up in points into the paint. It's just like it wasn't. Tobias Harris missed. He smoked so many bunnies. <laughs> He's the ultimate bunny smoker. <laughs> he was bunny smoking all night, man. Like just, and he was he was working so hard to get his offensive rebounds, and then just missing putbacks and missing tip-ins and missing dunk attempts. It was like, oh my god, this this dude is working his ass off to bully the Celtics on the glass, and then just could not capitalize on it. Yeah, the. 
it's it's pretty incredible to only have 30 points in the paint when you have 20 offensive rebounds. That's insane. Okay, if you have 20 offensive rebounds, how, they, they only had 30? That is impossible. That is impossible. I mean, truly, I'm tweeting that right now because it truly seems impossible. And you have to think about how many points in the paint are just like starting with Embiid post-ups. They just didn't have, like, for them not to convert even half of those, 10 of those chances should be 20 points, and then you have all the Embiid post-ups on top of that. It's kind of wild just how, again, got to say, pretty ugly game on both sides. The the most consistent, I think, uh, play or kind of type of Celtics offense tonight was Marcus Smart getting in the pick and roll, getting a guy on his back, and either drawing a foul or making the right play. That's like when in a doubt, that's pretty much what the Celtics went to, and it's does it seems like that's Marcus Smart coming around a screen is never looking to get to the basket. He's always looking to get around and then immediately pause and get the guy on his back. And it seems like he it's effective for him ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I think that has been a surprise to me that he's drawn as many fouls on Embiid as he has. I wonder if that's a sign of Embiid not being in shape too. Like against Marcus Smart, just be solid, man. Just like, stand straight up. Just stand straight up. Make him finish something over you but but he he hasn't and he's fouled him how many times has Embiid fouled Smart in the pick and roll to be fair Smart is pretty fucking crafty and like it does a very good job of like hop steps and jump fakes and like getting into the body and and the other thing is if if you if you don't commit at the right time then he can throw a lob over the top of you or he can throw a, a, a nice little pocket bounce pass to somebody for a layup so he is crafty, but still, the amount of times Embiid has fouled him is, has just been pretty eye-opening to me. That's It's just weird. You don't expect to see it, it that often. Um, but smart, Smart's gotten much, much better at the pick and roll. But but still, that, that's been something weird in this series. Um, the second quarter was just kind of got ugly after – because you, you could tell Brad – Brad wanted to run the Tatum and bench unit again. And then Tatum picked up his third foul and Brad had already run Kemba Walker for however many minutes and didn't want to put him back in. The Jalen and bench unit does not uh, hit as good as the uh, Tatum and bench unit. Jalen is just not that type of player like to be able to create. I thought again, I thought he had some, like it wasn't a great game from him. He did knock down some threes. He did have a huge layup and one. Uh, at the end after the Marcus Smart steal. But um, it was just an ugly, ugly game. You said it was ugly in the second quarter. I mean, it was pretty bad then, but it just wasn't great uh, throughout. But now the Celtics are up 3-0. Really, I think it's there's some uh, insane statistic about teams that are up 3-0. Actually, I don't think it's ever happened in the uh, NBA. Only the Red Sox are uh, ever going to come back from 3-0. But it's so bad that Philadelphia reporters were asking – Brett Brown, how he feels about uh, his job security, which just feels like insulting and depressing Brett, at the same time. Are you time. considering uh, purchasing a house anywhere else in the country? <laughs> that's pretty much what they asked him. It's like, how does it feel to get fired on a Sunday? And like, that's just embarrassing for everyone involved. But it's like the honest, it's the honest facts. Like he's going to get fired on either Sunday or Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, they had to steal that game. They had to with, with everything that went against the Celtics, 
And with all the offensive rebounds they had and with the defensive effort. And the number that, of turnovers the Celtics had. That they had. The Celtics only had 10 turnovers. It wasn't that much. Compared to like three from game two, though, it, it was a percentage increase out the ass. <laughs> percentage <laughs> increase out the ass. But when the Celtics only get eight, eight made three-pointers and shoot less than 42%, and foul you as much as they did, like, that has to be a win. If, if that's not a win, then you never had a chance in this series. The uh, I didn't think, even before Tatum picked up his foul, that, that Tatum and bench unit did not look great. It was like, like they forgot that Tatum was out there at times, and Romeo was kind of trying to go to the hoop on his own. And was being a little overaggressive, I thought. Romeo can – he – I think – I remember one possession where he just basically tried to dunk over Embiid, but the, that dude can jump. He had one play where I think it was just like a nice weak side uh, ball movement. Tice got it to him, and it was the smooth – it's like he – what's the past tense of glide? Glid? Glidded? Glide? Gliddy? <laughs> he gliddy? He gliddy up to the rim, and he, it was oh, – that man can – that man can really – Glide. It was it was absurd. He got with it. Yeah, the offense when Romeo is trying to do things like church, yeah, like to try and beat the zone, it just wasn't great uh, all around. And the the thing is, if the Celtics turn in a performance like this against the Raptors, they lose by twenty, right? Like Kyle Lowry does not let a team. Don oh, Don, <laughs> Don Fanucci has decided. I believe it's glued, <laughs> and he's absolutely right. He my man Swaggy <laughs> believes it's glued. <laughs> And my man, Sean12DE, believes it's glizzy. Well, Romeo is a glizzy glued gloater, and he was, his two-handed dunk was probably the coolest two-handed dunk I've seen since the Brandon Bass era. Um, I completely forgot what I was trying to say. Oh, basically, if the Celtics play this bad, the Raptors would kick their ass, right? Like, that was just a, a bad game. It was that was a disgusting game. <laughs> I don't know. The the 76ers are just appalling to watch play basketball. That is a horrific group to watch play basketball. They have no playmaking. They have nobody who can go and break down a defense. They have nobody that's can is quick with the basketball. They have no one who likes to shoot three-pointers. They have it, it's just they're a gross, 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 <laughs> gross, gross, gross team to watch play basketball. I I have not enjoyed watching them play basketball. I don't think they enjoy playing basketball together. I, I, I There's not much to say about the 76ers. Some of the stories by the 76ers writers after game two were the most electric content I've read in a long time. Kyle Derek, Newbeck uh, wrote and like Derek Bodner both they both just obliterated the team, <laughs> and not just this year's team. Like they obliterated the front office, they obliterated the owners, they obliterated the coaching, they obliterated the players. It was the sales staff. They're overambitious. I mean, like the food in the in the arena is just is stale. I, they basically Franklin the dog has no talent and is just a horrendous <laughs> mascot. I mean. Everything uh, who should be blamed got blamed uh, because it was – it's an awful excuse for a franchise at this point. Well, I'm getting a little bit uh, ahead of myself here. You, you got me excited, Jay. But I know you got to get back to writing, so let's empty the, empty the notebook. What do, you, what do you got for me? 
the war on Tice that we've, we've already talked about it, but we need to talk about it a little more because Tice, Tice just, <laughs> he looked so not even pissed off. He just looked resigned. Like he, 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 he was on the He's bench, a defeated man. He's a broken man at this point. And, and you, you could almost see how how heartbroken he was to know that he will never, ever, ever get away <laughs> from his favor, no matter what. Did you watch on ESPN or NBC Sports Boston? I'm, one, I'm curious if the national audience is aware of the war on Tice. NBC Sports Boston is, is what I watched. Uh, so they definitely milked it, and they were talking about the war on Tyson. They feel just as badly as we do watching that going on. But it was – it's frankly absurd at this point, and it's laughable because there's like what else can you do? I'm surprised he didn't get a tech. Uh, he has amazing self-control. I mean, we saw Chris Stapp's Porzingis uh, Playoff get a Brady. tech. Playoff Brady wants us to talk about Grant Cowards. Grant didn't really do much tonight. He knocked down a three. He's – is he still uh, yet to miss in the a three pointer in the playoffs? He also blocked one of their guards. Was it Josh Richardson? It was definitely Richardson. Yes, Grant had a solid game, but not a great game. I don't. I don't know if we can highlight Grant for his minus four in ten minutes. Seven seven points. Yeah, right. he he knocked That's down a, a three high, right? Is it? I would assume so, unless he scored. I don't think he scored more than that in the past two games. Um, he still so, has never missed a three-pointer in the playoffs. That is an incredible stat. That is correct. Uh, uh, but, but seriously, though, he's gotten backup center minutes. He, Robert Williams is out of the rotation. Grant Williams playing backup center. I, I don't want to say I called it, but I called it, Jam. You didn't call – everyone called it. What are you talking about you called it? I don't know. We I had a whole pre- we had a whole prediction thing, and did you, was that one of your predictions? I, I honestly, I'm not trying to challenge you right now. I just don't remember. I think that was my prediction. Oh, okay, well that sounds. But now you're making me second guess. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it felt like we got a lot of that Time Lord up. I think it's a lot of it's matchup dependent though, because I think you could see Time Lord in a, like a series against the Raptors. Time Lord's just not uh, like a big enough dude to play against Embiid. Where it feels like Grant, oh Grant also didn't play a lot of five today, and when he did play five, it was when Horford was on the uh, on the court, and Embiid wasn't. So I retract that statement. Um, it, it was nonsense, but he's pretty playing pretty solid. Just has to keep his hands up and not foul, and he'll he'll like do even better. His three today was um, he's like the most confident I've seen like him take a shot. More confident than Tice has ever taken a shot in this series. It was. Uh, so kudos to Grant and kudos to uh, playoff Brady right there for bullying us to talking about Grant minute, Grant Williams for three minutes uh, when we were just emptying the notebook. The the smart circus shot was outrageous. The the little flip and one over his over his head over the top of Embiid. The man's crafty. That was that was impressive. The, the smart behind the back pass to Jalen Brown. Very, very nice. The Kemba behind the back pass to whoever it was. The cool thing about the oh, smart Cantor, behind, but Cantor smoked Cantor, the bunny. Cantor smoked the bunny, of course. Uh, but the smart behind that back pass, he was feeling it and then immediately did a heat check, which is like I love that. It doesn't Marcus even have has to earned be, it. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a three pointer. 
that he's he hit the circus shot, then had the behind the back pass, and it was like I'm feeling it, and and launched a three. His next touch, incredible. the The man is is a king of of the heat check. I'm going to give a shout out to the Celtics for blowing a four on one opportunity, uh, which is rare to see, but they managed to pull it off. And like that's the kind of day it was for the Celtics where they couldn't convert a four on one, um, but they still managed to pull out this game. Um, uh, Brian wants to talk to us about uh, Kember putting the Al Horford on skates. Uh, and I thought it was a cool, some, I, I retweeted this, but then uh, also Brad Wanamaker made reference in the night. It looked almost identical to the shot he hit against Pitt uh, when he was back in college with UConn. Like the same step back, the same kind of uh, just perfect swish. It was uh, quite cool. Um, And he like, how do you get Al Horford uh, like like that? Al Horford's never as much as Al Horford is a good defender generally on the perimeter for a big man like Kemba Walker is going to destroy him 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, and Al Al doesn't quite have the athleticism to to stick with the quickest guards these days. We've seen him have trouble with Jalen Brown. He got backdoor at the very first play of the game, um, and so Kemba and Kemba knew it. Kemba knew he was gonna he was gonna be able to create as much separation as as he wanted from Horford and just had to drain the shot. That that was that was easy money for Kemba. Um. What else did I have in this thing? My notes. I I got real angry. Brett Brown was pretty hilarious to see. Oh and... yeah, that was when Tatum got wide open and Brett was like had spit coming out of his mouth. Yeah, because that moment, that's like Tatum's one mage like shot of the game or one of his few, and you like think, oh, we're gonna let Tatum get going right now, and he just throws his pencil down, is audibly screaming. Okay, I want to hear your best Brett Brown screaming fuck impression, Jay. Fuck! <laughs> you could see, and he he was like like throwing his hand into it, like fuck, fuck. <laughs> oh man, he's gonna take the longest walk along the main coast this uh, as soon as this season's over, and just really contemplate his life while looking out at the ocean because uh, the man belongs at the sea. Uh, but he was upset and he just looks like he was like admonishing people for like tying a bad knot. Like he looked like a sailor. He talks like a sailor and he was swearing like a sailor. Um, That's probably much. I'm looking through my notes right now. I mean, there's, there's not much else I have uh, other than the war on Tyson free throws. I mean, Kemba drew a charge. You could have, hear him audibly hear a come on baby, which was pretty, uh, which was fun, you know, always good to see that audio, but um, that's about it. That's all I got from my notes. That's then let's wrap it up there. Wrap it up there. The Celtics are up three games to zero against the Philadelphia 76ers. They'll try to close it out on Sunday, early game, 1 PM. We will have you covered after that game, just like we do after every game here on the Periscope live stream or in your podcast feeds. If you like the podcast, please subscribe Rate us five stars. Tell someone else. Be like, hey, the Celtics are winning. It's fun to listen to these two jabrones talk about it after they win. Um, So tell a friend. Please subscribe. And thank you for listening to this episode of Anything is Bottom. It's going down. I'm yelling to my. You better move. You better dance. Let's make a night. You won't remember. I'll be there.
the one you won't forget.